Hello, my name is Nick Spacek, and you're listening to From and Inspired By, a podcast about soundtracks and the people who make them. On this episode, we talk with jazz musician Marty Eisenberg about his debut recording, The Way I Feel Inside, inspired by the films of Wes Anderson. was love at first pluck for Marty Eisenberg. His career as a jazz musician began at the age of 12, after losing his father to cancer the year prior. A skilled amateur musician, Marty's father kept many instruments around the house that he would play for the family. After his death, Marty would pull one of these instruments off the wall and begin teaching himself how to play by reading tablature in Bass Player magazine. The first song he ever learned was My Own Summer by the Deftones. Playing bass was love at first pluck for Marty Eisenberg. It was a cathartic healing experience, a way to stay connected to his father, and a way to creatively express himself. He went on to study at the New School for Jazz and Contemporary Music, where he majored in jazz performance and minored in jazz composition, and received his Master of Music degree from New York University. He is now a doctoral candidate at Stony Brook University, where he is the teaching assistant to the jazz department chair, Ray Anderson. I spoke with Marty Eisenberg via Zoom about his debut recording, The Way I Feel Inside, inspired by the films of Wes Anderson, out now from Truth Revolution Recording Collective. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to talk to me about this album. I really do appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Um, I am curious as to uh, how did you originally come to the films of Wes Anderson? Mm. Um, well, uh, I mean, I I think I was in my later like high school years when I first saw Royal Tannenbaums and maybe Life Aquatic, some of his earlier films. And uh, I was just sort of captivated by them. I mean, they're just, he does such a great job of uh, telling stories in a sophisticated and um, well-crafted way, but maintaining that relationship to storytelling where it's communicating something very universal about human nature in a way that doesn't feel elitist or uh you know uh 
disjunct it, and that's something that attracts me to in, in in all forms of art to be able to be in that space where you're working with like high level creativity artists who have really honed their craft but also not getting sort of sucked into the virtuosity aspect of it and technic technicality aspect of it and losing the connection to trying to tell a story that you know most people can relate to in some way well i mean yeah and also like his films are like they're visually rich they're uh you know textually rich uh, but they're also orally rich which is mm. uh which makes like picking all of these songs uh such an interesting thing there have been a couple of uh you know wes anderson tribute albums before but like this is not you know like this is something different and this is something new like why did you choose this as the approach for this album specifically because it is your mm. debut album yeah um so I, I think part of it is just that i have come back to some of these songs on the this album throughout my whole life they're, they're kind of my comfort songs and i've tried to make arrangements of them in the past and they've kind of fallen apart um and uh during the pandemic i i sort of had some time to uh take a step back from all the other sort of running around and gigging that i was doing and i put together this arrangement for stephanie says by the velvet underground and i put it online and and i you know i started to think like well what if i did this thing where i made this all sort of connected to wes anderson as i was realizing that my connection to this song was through that and there was some positive feedback about that idea. So I got kind of into it and, you know, excited about working on it. But as you said, this isn't necessarily a Wes Anderson tribute album. Um, one of my favorite composers is this guy named Gary McFarland, who worked mostly in the 1960s. And um, he's just this brilliant, like, innovative, original composer. And his first album was all arrangements of Frank Lesser's um, how to succeed in business without really trying. And it's such a great album because it's so Gary's voice in the way that he, you know, um, writes these songs. It doesn't feel, you know, you're already starting with Frank Lesser, a great composer. Like if you just try to do that again, what's the point? But like taking a, a concept that we're familiar with and sort of flipping it is a part of the tradition of jazz um, and improvisation and um a way to sort of introduce audiences to your own voice and and i'm just a fan of concept albums in general so it was really fun to sort of dig into how i can make this a little bit more wessian and still be myself you know now that sort of leads to my next question which like were there songs that you originally thought of but didn't work either because of the concept or just like fit into the track listing because these songs all have like a certain um emotional theme running through them they do that is that is true and i i and it wasn't as clear to me until after i was done sort of what those themes were sort of themes of uh regret and uh acceptance and and unconventional sort of fantasy life you know songs like life on mars um uh but yes i mean i did arrange other songs that didn't make it onto this album and um i think that the reason 
they didn't make it is because, you know, these are sort of my songs, you know, they're, these, this is my mixtape. And, you know, like one of the things in the theme of this sort of Wes Anderson album is his concept of a mixtape. And I was just thinking about it, uh, a mixtape being a collection of songs that, uh, that are like highly curated and cool that you would sort of give to someone else. And mixtapes as a sort of concept, as a placeholder for how we communicate to others, how it feels to be who you are. You know, that's why the name of the album is named after the zombie song, The Way I Feel Inside, because we use these, you know, the concept of a mixtape to show someone else how we feel. I mean, that's true of music across the board, I would say, but especially with sort of curating a, a list of songs that mean a lot to you. And that was a lot to explore as well. Now, um, how'd you pull together like the folk, the rest of the folks who played on this album? Were these people you'd played with in like your various other gigs? Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of them were. So, so the core band is about seven members. It's uh, Sean Knoll on saxophone, Rick Becker on trombone. Then we've got our vocalist, Sammy Stevens. We've got Allison Yaffe on guitar, Marta Sanchez on piano, Rodrigo Ricabaran on drums and myself on bass. And all these, those people are, are my peers here in New York. You know, people we've played on other gigs. We've played on jam sessions. We've done some tours together, stuff like that. And um, I've worked with them in various uh, different concepts. Uh, but a part of what I wanted to do with this album is I really wanted it to be a representation of my life of my community um, and sort of honor the artists that uh, uh, inspired me. Um, and I wanted to, I didn't want to necessarily just come out with a, an all-star band of, you know, like A-list jazz celebrities. Um, not that I could necessarily afford that anyway, but that, that aside, um, uh, it was important to me to sort of, uh, be, have this representation of what my life is actually like and the, the people that I um, collaborate with uh, naturally. And I think we have really great chemistry on the album. I was very fortunate to be able to invite a couple of my idols to play on the album with me. And that is my favorite guitar player of all time, Nir Felder, and one of my favorite sax players of all time, Rich Perry, as well as a number of other guests. But those two were just like, oh, please play on my album. And they were they were very cool about it. So, like, I would like to know more about like your gigs, like performing on Broadway, because you've performed with some of these like very award-winning musicals, like The Lion King and Fun Home. I'm curious about like how that informed like what you did, either in the studio or just like how that's affected your career. Yeah, absolutely. That's a that's a great question. I mean, I think my history with musical theater is a little uh there's a little journey in there as well because as a sort of you know indie rock jazz guy coming up i was like i thought musical theater was kind of dumb um but it, it took me a while to really get into it um and i do really kind of appreciate it especially the beautiful lush sound of a full orchestra that uh you know i don't often get to play in outside of that context and um, uh, I, I think it absolutely has had a big impact on my on my composing. Um, you know, I, I hope that this album in many ways is sort of a 
picture of my life and in, in all these different styles that I've had a chance to uh, to move through and just keep an open mind and an open heart about what uh, affects me musically. And I think there is a little bit of a musical theater aspect to to this album. And I, I'm proud of that. You know, I, I, I'm certainly not embarrassed of that anymore. Um, and yeah, I I think that's uh that's that's how I answer that question. Yeah, like your your bio is such like a a very rich collection of things. Like in addition to you know Broadway and things like that, like you studied at the New School, and um, I mean now you're you're a doctoral candidate at, <laughs> at Stony Brook University. Like this is this is not um I I think the the usual route like uh yeah. Yeah, it's it. There's a you have a lot going on, uh, and I I, I appreciate that because it does feel as though you brought a lot of that to the way I feel. Um, like it's it's just um, it's very intriguing, and I'm just uh, do you do you sort of see it the same way? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think number one, the the root, so to speak, for my generation of jazz musicians is just sort of find whatever you can and, and make that life work. I mean, the, the, the sort of typical infrastructure that has been around for many decades has definitely changed and that it, it, it the music industry industries are always going to change and you have to be creative to survive in a creative profession. Um, I, I do feel like I've, I've, I've sort of dipped my toes into a lot of different, uh, aspects of the music industry and some of those have felt a little bit like failures to me you know but uh they've all been part of a, a, a building you know this identity and and career that i've had and and you know i think the most important thing that i've tried to have is just to stay open-minded and and find the creativity in whatever i do and that has gotten me far enough you know and and uh given me some concepts and ideas to work on for my own creative projects as well. So uh, this album is coming out at the beginning of July. Do you have any performances planned? Or, or yes. Around? Yes. So the New York City uh, uh, CD release party is going to be at Rockwood Music Hall on June 30th at uh, 7 p.m. Uh, we have a number of other countries, concerts, countries. We have another number of other countries. God, jeez. Okay, sorry. Let me slow down. Uh, I, we have a number of other concerts around the the Northeast. Um, we're going to be at the Bean Runner in September, the Jazz Loft in November. Uh, we're going to be doing something at Shapeshifter in also in September. And then it's not in our sort of, it's a little bit further down the road, but we're going to be playing at Birdland on February 8th um, doing this project, which I'm really excited about. Um and yeah, there's tons of other projects that I will keep updated on my website. Uh, if anyone would like to check that out, it's MartyEisenberg.com. Wonderful. Well, Marty, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your day to talk to me about this album. I can't wait for other people to hear it because it is absolutely fun uh, and it appeals to, like, a, like I think we've discussed very well, like a wide variety of interests. Thank you so much, Nick. It's been such a pleasure to talk with you. I'm a big fan and thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Have a good rest of your day, sir. All right, you too.
thanks to Marty Eisenberg for speaking with me. You can find the composer's work at his website, which is MartyEisenberg.com, on Instagram at Marty Eisenberg, and on Twitter at Between the Gigs. You can find links to purchase all of the music you heard on the show in the show notes for this episode, which are at FromAnInspiredBy.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at FromInspiredPod and can be found on Instagram at FromAnInspiredBy. You can subscribe to us via Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Click those follow and subscribe buttons, please. Also, please hit up the website and click on the aid and assistance button to help pay for web hosting and long distance fees. And remember to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and now evidently Spotify. Until next time whenever that might be. Thanks for listening, and go check out my horror podcast with co-host Julie Holland, The Carnage Report, available via the Cinepunks Podcast Network. 